Come gather round the campfire and hear our ghostly tales of chilling terrors, darkest woes, and anything that goes bump in the night. So cuddle up with your best friend or dare it alone. The darkness is closing in and spirits are calling your name. This is Fireside Phantoms. Carol. Hi, Holly. How are you today? I'm very good. Good. So this is our first official episode. We both love ghost stories and we've bonded over this quite a bit. We have. Tell me what it is about ghost stories that you love so much. I've had a lot of weird shit happen. (laughs) It's just, and there doesn't seem to be explanations that satisfy me. Right. And so I've always really enjoyed uh, paranormal stories. There's always this big question of what's beyond there after death. I like to think about us existing in a different form. Yeah, and for sure. I love to hear ghost stories because, hey, who doesn't like being scared? No kidding. I love being scared <laughs> as long as, you know, I don't get hurt in the process. Right. <laughs> It's like when you're watching a really good scary movie and you're just, you're not going to get hurt, but it's fun. It is it's a fun. Thrill. It's yeah. that, that anxiety that's <laughs> building up. I know. For Especially me, if you have a cute guy. With yeah. <laughs> For me, I, um, I think because when I was a kid, I was the youngest of all my siblings and they were all really um, into Halloween and celebrating Halloween. And so I just kind of got into spooky stuff that way. And I've always loved fall and all that stuff and scary stories and haunted houses. So yeah, it's totally like right up rally. So well, Holly, are you ready to tell a ghost story? Well, I was thinking about this and I thought I would just talk about some of the experiences that I've had with ghosts. A couple of years ago, I was really getting into meditation quite a bit. And a friend of mine and I went down to Ashland and uh, oh, I love Ashland. I know it's a great, it's a really cool town. And we were staying at this hotel. I think it was like a Days Inn or something. I don't remember exactly, but I just remember that she and I were asleep, and I woke up at like two in the morning, and I had to go to the bathroom. And I opened my eyes, and I looked up, and I saw her standing at the foot of her bed and she was facing the door and she had a purse on her shoulder and she was smoking a cigarette. And I thought, well, that's weird because she doesn't smoke. And what the hell would she be doing? Like, where is she going this time? Right. Right. So then I look back at her again. Maybe you were a snorer and she just had to leave. (laughs) Yeah. Right. So then I look back again and uh, instead she is now She's looking at the dresser. She's got a long flowing nightgown on and long white hair like an old woman. And she's like looking down at something and she's kind of rocking back and forth and her back is to me. And again, I'm laying there and I'm like, well, she must be looking for the bathroom too. Like she's Mm -hmm. up and she's trying to figure out where it is and she can't. It's dark. She doesn't know where she is. So I'm laying there. I'm thinking that must be what's going on. And then all of a sudden I hear her snoring. And I'm like, wait a minute, she's sleepwalking. That's what's going on. Oh, yeah. But then I look over and she's still in bed. What? (laughs) So I was like, oh, that's not Laurel. Oh, that is so creepy. (laughs) That is not who that was. Yeah, it was was really creepy. So it wasn't too long after that that I – it wasn't because of that, but I think I stopped – meditating as much Mm -hmm. so I don't feel like I see things as much as I used to but I know that when I get into it and they say that if you want to connect with the afterlife that is one way to do it you get really heavy into meditating and really focusing on 
letting all of your peripheral sensitivities going, like all of your senses just kind of get shut down and you just focus on your breath, that there's something about that that allows you to open up to the stuff you can't see. I think that if I ever get back into meditation again, I'll go with into it knowing that maybe I'm going to see stuff. That is super scary. Yeah. I don't know what I would have done. I probably would have screamed for her to wake up yeah. and tell her right <laughs> then the story. I told her the story the next day and she was like, oh, whatever. And then I told her the story kind of a couple of years later. She's like, what? You never told me that. I go, yeah, I did. She goes, well, I don't remember it. And I think that's when it really registered for her and clicked that we had a ghost with us in the room. Yeah. And I was taking a class down there. That's why we were down there. And um, there was a woman in my class who was a psychic. So I told her about what happened. She goes, oh, I'm sure it was a ghost. Ashlyn's filled with ghosts. I've heard that. And I'm just like, oh, well, that's nice. Uh-huh. <laughs> Do you remember the hotel? I think it was a Days Inn, and it was the south end of Ashland. Ooh, a haunted Days Inn. I hope we don't get sued for telling everybody it's haunted. But yeah, that's where that happened to me. Just keep the light on. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, yeah. So what about you? Well, you know, I love going to the coast. And, you know, there's a particular part of the coast I like to travel to with my family, um, Cannon Beach. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I and love Cannon Beach. I was there and I was thinking about our podcast and I'm like, I wonder if there's any good ghost stories about Cannon Beach. Yeah. And I know there's lighthouses and there's stories about that, but I came across an interesting story called The Bandage Man. Yeah. It basically had its beginnings early in the 1950s. Oh, cool. When the actual first recorded story was told regarding an attack, basically it's from a ghostly man who smells like rotting flesh (laughs) and appears covered in bloody white bandages. So is he single? Um, Well, we, you know, I'm not sure if he's a good catch, Holly. (laughs) Stinkiness and good hygiene is important. He sounds hot. Some stories tell of the ghost appearing almost completely covered in white bandages like a mummy. And then others only report part of his body being wrapped up. And the attacks mainly happen at night when it's raining. So it's a good chance, you know, you're going (laughs) to... Very good chance in the Pacific Northwest that you're going to get killed. That's right. Uh, (laughs) Along this specific stretch of decommissioned highway approaching the town of Cannon Beach, there was an old logging road, and now it's been replaced by the 101 highway. Okay. It runs parallel. Yeah. So the reports have subsided a bit over the years since that's changed. Um, But basically, in the 50s, this old road used to be a lover's lane where all the teenagers would go and they'd park for some nookie. (laughs) Well, the first story reported was that two local teenagers drove up from Cannon Beach and parked the boys' old Chevy pickup for some old-fashioned kissy-kissy while they were sitting in the front of the cab. Old-fashioned kissy-kissy? Is that what they used to call it, Carol? (laughs) (laughs) All of a sudden, they felt the truck lean like something heavy was in the bed of the truck. I mean, they weren't doing the leaning, Uh you know. Sure. At least that's the story. And they both turned to look out the rear window, and there looking back at them was a bandaged face with weird-looking eyes showing through eye holes in the bandages. So the bandage man 
was looking at them and he immediately started beating his fist on the glass window and then also on the top of the cab. How are they sure it wasn't just somebody that they hit and then he went to the hospital, he got bandaged up and he found their car later and was like, what the hell? How do we know that's not true? We don't, but this is their story (laughs) and it could be, it could be because you know, there are hitchhiking ghosts Um, too. Right. Um, Sure. So the boy started the engine. He tore out of there as fast as he could with his girlfriend screaming in terror as this man in the back or ghost, I'd like to think he's a ghost, (laughs) continued his pounding on the truck. So any of you that have been to Cannon Beach knows how curvy and narrow the roads are. So just even driving them at a high speed is enough to put your life in danger. Sure. Minus a ghost yelling at you. Yeah. So after what seemed to be a torturous ride, they made it to downtown Cannon Beach where the boy's family owned a local gas station and their house was right next door. So as they pulled in, he stopped the engine, jumped out, but he couldn't find anyone in the back of the truck. Da, da, da. (laughs) The bandaged figure was nowhere to be seen. Oh. This bandaged man... Let's talk about him a little bit. He's a pervy ghost. He's a pervy ghost? He's a pervy ghost. He has a particular fondness for teenagers who are always engaging in Nookie. Yes. And that is mainly when he shows up. There have been sightings even as far up the coast to Seaside. And several reports have said even dogs have gone missing in the back of their trucks. They end up being found dead later or partially eaten in the woods. Ew. Um, Who would eat a dog? Well, cougars, actually, but let but this is a ghost story, so let's continue. <laughs> a ghost cougar. Um, others tell of a horrendous odor that can't be explained, and they liken it to rotting flesh. Ugh. So really not dating material. Well, Pervy ghosts need to- It depends to, on what you're into, Carol. Really. I don't know, but- Some women like that rotting flesh cologne scent. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. Uh, you know, the lumberjack look is in right it's now. It's so in. It's he so hot. He can be seen moving through trees, leaping violently on the road, and attaching himself to any unassuming car. Some say the bandage man is the ghost of a dead logger who was cut to pieces in a sawmill accident, which was located in that area, and he died as he was running to get help after trying to patch up his own wounds. Ugh, yeah. That's grisly. Another theory, though, is that the bandage man is actually a ghost of an escapee fugitive who'd been on his way to the hospital after being shot several times in a police shootout and died in the woods. What? Which would explain why he's so angry and like wanting to hit people. Right. You know, a logger would just be like, help me, help me. Anyway, (laughs) other people say that there were pranksters also who possibly kept this legend going after the first incident. Now, I did find an interesting story from a trucker, though, who posted on a Reddit forum from his encounter with the bandage man. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Now, it's a long story, so I might paraphrase some of it. Okay. But basically, he posted that he's been driving trucks for about 15 years, and he's seen a lot of weird shit. He saw a vampire in Europe. He swore he saw Bigfoot in Alaska, and he said he almost got torn to pieces by this wolf also in Alaska. So basically, he just said, you know, he he just is scared of the woods anyway. What's what's his Reddit handle? Let's get him on the show. You know, I didn't get that. Oh, shoot. Um, he sounds great. He does, but we'll we'll figure that one out. We'll try and get him on. So 
about four years ago that his story was in Oregon. He was hauling a load, not too exciting, and he was enjoying the beautiful views. He said it was a really dark road. He didn't know Oregon that well, so he didn't know all the street names. He said there was no lampposts or nothing. It sounds basically like that road. Sure. The closest town was miles away. He was truly alone and spooked, but he turned on some radio with country music playing. Mm -hmm. Well, see, that's his big mistake right there, country music. (laughs) You know. Because it's terrifying. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, you never hear of a trucker playing classical music, but that's really what you should be playing if you're scared. You know, who can be scared when you've got Mozart? I was truly alone, though, he said, and I was spooked. Driving through the night was always beautiful. He always took night jobs, and he said the music helped, but he needed to take a leak badly. He was holding it just until he got to a little bit of straight patch of the road. He pulled over, and he turned on his hazards, and he hopped out. It was a bit chilly outside, so he said he took off his jacket. He said, now that I think about it, that jacket might have saved my life. My jacket was a logger's jacket, as you would call it. So putting the jacket on, he decided he would venture off into the start of the woods behind the truck and answer the calling of the wilderness there. He had no lamp or a battery, so he was just relying on the full moon for light. So it doesn't sound like it was raining, you know. So this may not be an exact, you know, true story. sure. Because, you know, isn't one of the formulas that it has to rain? Yeah, well, we'll see. All right. So anyway, he unzipped his pants. and was relieved instantly. (laughs) I was done quickly, he said, and I turned around to go back to my truck and continue my journey when I heard something weird. Yes, someone was spying on you, a pervy ghost. Someone was also chopping trees in the middle of the night in the mountain. It was unmistakable. It was really close, too, he said. Hmm. The chopping sounds were loud and hard, and someone was swinging that axe powerfully. Safe to say this was weird, and I, what I did was stupid. If your gut tells you to turn around and go, you should always do that. Just trust your survival instincts. But me, being the good guy I am, I decided to see if someone needed help. I started to walk towards the sound, which took me even deeper into the woods, and I could barely do nothing except for just get closer and closer to the sound because I couldn't see anything. In the distance, though, a big burly man was swinging an axe. He was huge, a proper logger. But he was somehow illuminated. There was like a spotlight that followed him everywhere. Sounds like aliens to me at this point. Casper, like he can glow in the dark. Well, ghosts do glow. They glow in the dark. But so do aliens, I think. (laughs) But this is a ghost story. Everything creepy kind of glows. So you can see it. That's true. So you can be scared. He called out to him and this figure stopped chopping immediately. Now he turned facing him with his back to me so that when he turned around... He shat his pants. Who says that? I shat my pants. (laughs) He must be British. Yeah, a a British trucker. The logger had cuts on him. I mean, everywhere. There were bandages, cloths stuck all over him, colored with deep red blood, and he was disfigured. Like someone threw him in the wood chipper. Ah. Oh, there you go. There you go. It's the bandage man. I knew right there I was over my head, and this was definitely a mistake. He turned around, and that was an angry man. He just stood there menacingly, swaying his axe in his hand. He started to growl like a mad hound with that stench getting stronger and stronger. If I wasn't so scared, I would have been throwing up. This is when the fight or flight instinct came up and he fled. This trucker ran like a crazy rabbit through the dark and the bandage man was following him. He said he ran for about two minutes and he was right behind him the whole time. 
Anyway, the smell, it wouldn't go away. And he could feel the growling on the back of his neck as he was gaining speed. He said, I was hoping I was running in the direction of my truck. When I saw the hazards blinking in the distance, it was like a beacon of hope and life. I quickly got to it. I left it unlocked. I got in, locked myself while breathing like a bull. I could see the logger running at the truck from the distance as I was turning on my truck. Somehow it turned out, just as I was about to get up out of there, that crazy bastard ran his head through my window, breaking it. Oh, jeez. I hit the gas pedal with all my strength, jeez. skidding out there, and I could see him running besides the truck with his axe. About a few miles later, my scared ass stopped by the side of the road to calm down. Walking around my truck, I saw damage. I don't know if I imagined this or not, but I could swear the smell came back. So I got Ugh. in my rig and got out of there. Yuck. I still don't know how I managed to escape, how I didn't just trip and fall. I did mention how the jacket might have saved my life. You see, he waited there and growled at me. If he attacked me right away, I would have been a goner. So maybe he had a thought that I was a logger. But the police couldn't help me out in this case. Nothing really did happen. And there were no witnesses. So once again... I took it upon myself to research this event, because like I said, a lot of weird shit happens. This is the legend I found, and it's an old one. A logger once died in Oregon, and they called him the Bandage Man because of all the bandages on his face. So this was his story, and it looked like he didn't know about the Bandage Man until this happened and until he researched it. Wow, that's really cool. Yeah. Huh. Um, it's very scary though too my god he rams his head into his windshield a very violent ghost very violent very angry so this bandage man story has been told over and over again throughout the years that it is actually going to be adapted into a movie oh really right on directed by independent filmmaker Sebastian Bembenek filmed on location in Cannon Beach nice when is that happening do you know well this actually um, was posted this notice back in 2017 in June so chances are it's probably out now before I told this story I actually did research it and couldn't find anything about it huh so I'm not sure if he just ran out of budget <laughs> or you know toilet paper was at an all-time high it so, could be you know, in development hell too because a lot of times stories that are going to be made into movies end up in development and they, they never go anywhere and they eventually. never go anywhere yeah yeah but it's if too bad. you it would be a good movie yeah but if you find out or our listeners find out if yeah. it's playing we'd love to hear about it yeah and uh, for sure also if you you have any experiences with the bandage man yeah or any ghost stories at all let us know let us know yeah great well, that was great carol it was really scary super intense too i know and yeah. all the gore and everything oh my god yeah my my uh least favorite part was the dogs the missing dogs i know that's horrible he's a really evil ghost if he's gonna take a dog he's very evil <laughs> yeah Gosh. And for all those parents out there, if you just want to keep your kids from doing nookie, just you know, tell them this <laughs> send story. Send them to Cannon Beach. Oh, oh, don't send them to Cannon Beach. No, just tell them a ghost story. <laughs> you know, just say, hey, the ghost. I, I thought you were insinuating just send them to Cannon Beach. You no longer have to worry about your kids. Well, that's just darn cruel, Holly. <laughs> I don't have kids, so I can say that. All right. We're going to end this now. Oh, we are? Till okay. next time. All right. Good night, Carol. Sweet dreams. Sweet dreams. As the flames die down, do remain undaunted. Though all hitchhikers are ghosts, and all dolls are definitely haunted. Hey guys, be sure to follow us on Instagram. Our handle is at Fireside Phantoms. 
If you have a spooky story you would like to share with us, send it to firesidephantoms at gmail.com and you may hear it on a future episode.